0: Welcome back for another exciting episode of Marigold Breach on Epic. We're officially at the halfway point in our first adventure together, and it's been intense. In our last episode, Ven revealed her secret. Her host self is somewhere on the planet, in pain and alone, and Lucan is now determined to find her. Before we dive in, let's hear from our sponsors.
2: Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free
0: on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the last episode, I gave you some Jamila Jamil trivia. Now it's time to talk about leading man, Manny Jacinto. Of course, we all know and love him from the good place. And are so excited that here at Realm, we were able to reunite him with Jamila to take advantage of their stellar chemistry. But fun fact, he also has a degree in civil engineering. He'd fit in very well with the Homesteaders, don't you think? Okay, that's enough trivia for today. I'm excited because we're going to get back to this awesome story as Lucan and Ven set off to find Ven's host self. I'm Faith McQuinn, and this is Marigold Breach, Episode 4.
3: Connectivity downgrading to seventy-three percent. Self-assessment protocol reveals damage from deprivation and decompensation. Status deteriorating. The external sector of myself embedded within agapfluim is read-only.
1: I cannot transmit. So when I identify an imminent threat. <laughs>
2: After the meal, the homesteader medics insist on examining me.
4: We need to clear you before leaving for Hester's place. I'm starting the scan. You might feel a slight pressure.
2: Oh, uh, uh, oh, uh, uh. Oh, so I'm getting poked and prodded, and you're just.
3: Surveying the planet's surface to gather strategic data.
2: Like, I can't feel you bubbling over with excitement at the fact that. I do not bubble. At the chance to watch lightning storms crashing above canopy-protected valleys.
3: My ability to embrace aesthetic enjoyment does not negate my point regarding strategic data.
2: Stop talking like a robot.
3: Well, I shall, if you stop talking like a jackass.
4: (laughs) Okay, you're clear to leave. But not until tomorrow morning. We want you close at hand for one more night.
2: Got it. Or we can take off now.
3: No, you're at 3033. We'll leave when you're at 3133 and not before.
2: Fine. They won't help with transport till tomorrow anyway. Let's go for a stroll in the gardens. Soak up some... strategic data. (laughs) I wander through the terraces overlooking the valley, through fab labs and classrooms. Everything is shabby and repurposed, and decorated with the same cheery brightness as those finger paintings in the bedroom. At ground level, hundreds of species flourish in the greenhouses, fed by enriched soil and fluid baths. And even outside them, life blossoms everywhere.
3: Mmm, smell that. Jasmine and orange grass and ferns. Oh, ferns, Lucan. The breeze on your skin, the hum of a honeybee.
2: You want me to go dip my toes in the stream?
3: More than anything. After Hester takes us to the crash site, after I... Interface with the medical capsule. Returning to the valley may not be an option.
2: Sure. Not at first. Not until we find your host and save her. But then, the stream will still be here. And so will my toes.
3: I'm not confident it'll be that simple, darling.
4: Luca! I've been meaning for us to meet in person. Enjoying the orchard?
2: I prefer the ferns. (laughs)
4: They're my wife's favorite. I'm more of a stone and metal person. Ah, come to the building site. See what I'm working on. Sounds good. What, uh, are you? Primarily. Grateful. You saved seven lives.
2: No, I mean, what are homesteaders as opposed to other colonists?
4: (sighs) Just people who choose a certain job. A certain path.
2: Living in small communities? Farming?
4: Not exactly. All colonists are descendants of the grandmothers who intended to to live lightly in their new home. But the terraforming crashed.
2: Which is why you're stuck in the valleys.
4: And most colonists stay in the same one their whole lives.
2: But not homesteaders.
4: That's right. I was born in a city three months in that direction, past the furthest valley bridge.
2: Wait, there's a city?
4: Called Hargisa. 60,000 people. Population density is the key to sustainability, but so is redundancy. That's why some of us leave the cities to establish new towns.
2: You trekked here to settle down.
4: Homesteaders don't settle. This is my seventh valley, and we're already preparing to move. Wait, no, you're leaving this? In the next few months. But why? Because we're almost done. We'll find a new place. Some crack in the plains full of dust and boulders and algae. And we'll start again.
2: You're joking.
4: Homesteaders blazed the trail, Lucan. We stretched the canopy. We've attracted a steady trickle of newcomers. Not homesteaders. Just normal folk for the past few years. From Hargisa, from other cities and settlements. They'll stay. Whoever wants to stay will stay, but homestead has move on.
2: So you hack livable biomes out of rock, then leave them for other people?
4: Exactly. Why? Because we're damn good at it. (laughs) We brought this valley to life, Lucan. You can't imagine the rush. Though maybe you'll feel it one day, if you join us. I
2: don't know anything about agriculture, or construction, or peace.
4: You'll learn.
2: You're too welcoming to strangers. Hester thinks you should confine me to quarters, and I kind of agree. Of course you agree. You're only two days old. Well, Hester's got a whole lifetime of memories. What's her excuse?
4: <sighs> she lost a valley once.
2: Oh. Shit.
4: Mm. If you want to leave, we'll help you leave. You can search the crash site, join the Scrubjacks or a reef town, whatever you like. But, Lucan... Yes? You won't find anywhere better than this. You won't find anyone better than us.
3: Pattern loss unrecoverable. Contact 7.
4: Says we input
3: unavailable. Alone. Alone. Unrecoverable.
2: Fen? Fen! Fen, where are you? Entombed in lightless isolation. Ben! I'm here! Alone. Talk to me, please, talk to me! I'm... Alone. Alone. Ben! Alone. Where are you? I I can't see you, Ben! Alone. I can't see anything! Alone. I'm alone, I'm... Alone. I'm alone! Ben! (laughs) Ah! (sighs) Hush,
3: Lucan. It's okay, I'm here.
2: Wait. You're, you're... medicating me.
3: I'm merely easing the effects of sharing my trauma with you.
2: Instead of taking care of yourself?
3: You're at 3033. That is the most important thing right
2: now. I... I feel okay. Let's... let's find Hester.
3: Not until you're at 3133.
2: I'm okay then. I can't laze around while you're in pain.
3: You can recover to within adequate parameters.
2: Fine. Your call. We'll hike up to see her today. Check out the crawler. Smooth things over.
3: it's not a terrible plan.
2: And once we reach Hester, I'll immediately beg a ride to the crash site. Screw the parameters. I heard that. Your host is dying then. You're in pain. I don't care what you say. I'm not leaving you there. I will crawl through every lightning storm on this broken fucking planet before I leave you there one second longer than I have to. Is that clear?
3: Yes, it's clear.
5: Thank you.
2: After breakfast, Sadia offers to escort me to Hester's camp.
5: I'm heading up the ridge myself. I'll point you in the right direction. I mean, towards Hester. Toward her place, at least. I don't know if she's there. You know what I mean. I do. Okay. Well, this way.
2: Sadia digs up an extra emergency pack with a breather, a filter, and a Faraday blanket at the ant yard where he works. As we start uphill, an animal trots out from beneath a reclaimed tank.
5: What is that? (laughs) A cat. They're designed off a mixed reptile base. Huh, looks like a fair cross with a raccoon. A what? Nothing, slick fella. (sighs) They're impressively elastic. I had one as a kid. You're still a kid. I still know way more than you do. (laughs) Fair.
2: Hey, when I'm back from the crash site, you can give me Zoology 101 of the Valley. I'd love that. If we come back. But well, we can't just haul ass across a hostile planet without supplies.
3: Or a lesson in Zoology, apparently.
2: You're the one who says my education is appalling.
3: True. In which case, you should know that tanakats are engineered for pest control. And as pets. The Grandmothers believed that pets are necessary for psychological wellness, and my experience supports that supposition. It does? Yes. I'm very well adjusted. Because I have you.
5: Uh, Guess we're ready. Let's go.
0: This episode of Epic is brought to you by Wild Grain. I want you to take a moment and imagine the smell of fresh baked sourdough bread filling your house. Or maybe it's croissants, if that's more to your liking. Now, What if I told you that you could get this delicious experience without covering yourself in flour and without leaving your house? Well, you can if you order from Wild Grain. What's Wild Grain? Well, it is the first ever Bake From Frozen subscription box. You get sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and pastries that go from your freezer to your oven and ready to serve in 25 minutes or less. I just got my first box and it had three different sourdough loaves, biscuits, croissants, and two different kinds of pasta. I made the orange cranberry biscuits right away. And I cannot tell you how wonderful my house smelled and they tasted even better. Scallops and Wild Grains fresh fettuccine is on the menu for this week and I plan to pair it with the olive oil ciabatta loaf. (sighs) Doesn't that sound so good? If you're a carb lover like me and you want good carbs, free of preservatives and artificial colors and flavors, then you'll wanna get a subscription right away. And now you can fully customize your Wild Grain box so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com epic to start your subscription. You heard me, free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash epic. That's wildgrain.com slash E-P-I-C. Or you can use promo code EPIC at checkout. As a podcast network, our first
1: priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. shopify.com slash realm
2: The Tano Cat shadows us for the first Kim Much to Sadia's amusement Every time I crouch to pet her she scoots out of reach After an easy hike we reach a ridge encampment where technicians monitor the big harvesters and canopy gauges Sadia introduces me to a family that lives there A grandmotherly mossback. Her daughter. Her daughter's spouses and two kids.
5: Mossback? That fuzz in her skin's an adaptation. It was popular a few generations ago. Uh, don't mind the kids. What's to mind? Well, the older one is sort of sulky and suspicious. At least the younger one is sweet. Hey, that's just like you and me.
3: No, you're not that sulky.
2: No, that's that's you. I'm the one... (sighs) Shut up. <laughs> One of the women start talking romecology with Sadia, and I listen blankly until the mossback puts me to work moving gear around. Then the astrophotonicist rewards me with a snack, and I head off to find Esther.
5: You can find your way from here, yeah? Maybe a couple more hours hike that way? Should be easy for you. <laughs> <laughs> See you around, Sadia. And,
2: um, thanks.
5: Goodbye, Lucan.
2: As I walk the rim, I try to catch a glimpse of the canopy, the barrier that traps oxygen in the valleys. I don't see anything except the orange-yellow sky modeled by flashes of electricity. The sight lifts my spirits, well, maybe not mine, Van is enraptured, watching murmurations of sparks flowing across the horizon in a brilliant contrast to the drab, lifeless wastes.
3: Not lifeless. A few centuries after the first drones arrived, the terraforming bloomed with algae swamps and lichen fields, reefs self assembled around thermal vents, populations of ants, termites, and chewots flourished, and feral creatures evolved from a tannicat base.
2: What are chewots?
3: Roughly a rodent equivalent with, uh. System malfunction. Mandatory shutdown in eight, seven. Uh, again? Assume impact position. Six, five, four.
2: I dropped to the locking ground and braced for shutdown. How often is this going to happen?
3: After I analyze data from the medical capsule, I may be able to remediate the issue. Mandatory shutdown in three, two, one. <sighs> Welcome back.
2: That's all you needed. A couple seconds.
3: No, darling. Look.
2: What? Oh. Nighttime. You had me asleep for hours.
3: Yes, but my connection is stable again.
2: Oh. oh my, my mouth tastes like exhaust fumes. We lost the whole afternoon.
3: 30-33.
2: What happens if you shut me down during a fight or... or halfway across a tightrope?
3: I must reiterate my recommendation that we stay away from tightropes.
2: Very funny, V.
3: Don't worry. I'll establish a more robust connection at the crash site. Good. Well, if we're lucky.
2: I follow a cliffside trail through bluestone outcroppings and into a dusty yard of makeshift sheds surrounding a low dome. Hello? Esther? Cheery doodads adorn the walls, embroidered flags and glass balls that reflect the column of light above a nearby harvester. The decorations almost conceal a nest of active turrets, and Venditex two bounding mines and a trench wire underground. In the center of the tumble-down compound, Hester sits at a bench, smoking a hand-rolled cigar.
6: Goodness, I gave up on you for the day.
2: Keeping you on your toes. Mm. Drink? Yeah, sure.
6: Hand over your canteen, then.
2: Oh, uh, here.
6: (laughs) (sighs) Take a puff in exchange. Morning glory.
3: A mild intoxicant, which I am able to neutralize.
2: Please, don't. The walk took longer than I expected. Can I spend the night, get an early start tomorrow?
6: Of course. Although, what makes you think the capsule will tell you anything?
2: I'm the patient. It should release my records to me. If not, maybe something will jog my memory.
6: Izzy's been sending me messages.
2: She plucks the cigar from my mouth. Ah. Yeah?
6: Asking me not to bring you to the site.
2: What does she care?
6: Do you know why she adopted you?
2: Elishiva made her. (laughs) Well, it's half the reason.
6: You mean something to her. You represent something? Yeah. Before the first colonist clapped eyes on this valley, there was this kid, Ismit Badilam. A genius. Fourteen years old and doing work that nobody in Hargisa understood. Genetics, xenobiology. She was an annoying little shit, too. She spent years out here working on her project. Trying to make humans compatible with the native
2: ecosphere. You all do that. Esther touches a tattoo on her neck.
6: The dust of Elam under my skin.
2: And your eyes and lungs and... and everything.
6: Ismeet dreamed bigger. She wanted to change us more fundamentally. Into a species that thrived on unmediated exposure to
2: Elam. Sounds dangerous.
6: Well, That's why she used herself as her first test subject. What happened? her body changed now the valley atmosphere disagrees with her and she's not comfortable in the wastes either she fits nowhere that's hard her brilliant mind dulled she became temperamental a bit of a magpie
2: yeah yeah
6: she calls herself izzy these
2: days izzy why doesn't she want me to get to the site
6: She's afraid you might recover your old self. She wants you to stay like this. She's never met anyone who changed as radically as she
2: has. She likes the company?
6: I think she wants to know that you can move forward as a new person. That the future has more weight than the past.
2: Why are you telling me this? (laughs) Because you
6: see her as angry and impulsive, but there's more to her than that. There's more to all of them.
2: Okay. I thought Hester wanted me out of the valley, but here she is, defending her friends as if I matter. Elisheva's offer comes to mind. To stay, to work the land, to belong to the land, and to the homesteaders. I feel guilty thinking about a future here, when obviously, I choose Ven.
3: I know all this, and I love you for it.
2: Hester eyes me for a moment, then stands in a swirl of skirts. Come along. I follow Hester across the hard-packed ground to a recessed nook in the central dome. In here. She brushes aside an airlock curtain and leads me into a riot of color. Embroidered tapestries cover the walls and hang from ceiling racks. Wow.
6: I'm a little obsessive.
2: Uh, I don't know about a little... What's the material?
6: Reclaimed nanoparticles, fiber assembled.
2: He turned dust into this?
6: I spend a lot of time alone.
2: It's beautiful.
3: It really is.
2: We're in a large living area that's smothered in embroidery, but there's also a bank of surveillance monitors modified from recreation rigs and tactical helmets. You're guarding against scrub jacks?
6: Plus a few quadrillion decommissioned nanites with a penchant for self-assembly.
2: They don't always turn into tapestries, do they?
6: Sadly not. Come, admire my baby.
2: She opens a segmented door to reveal an asymmetrical vehicle, 15 meters long and 5 meters wide, parked in a garage to about twice that size. It's constructed out of a cannibalized military gear and painted red-brown in a camel pattern. Jointed struts line the side along with mismatched tires and treads. Wire cages and armored panels sheathe the top and sides in bristling variety. It looks like a combat transport fucking a quarry tractor.
3: That's the Faraday crawler.
2: Oh. Of course. It looks different from the outside.
3: Things often do. Tell her it's lovely.
2: It's hardcore.
6: It's low-tech. Unhackable. Unhackable. Resilient and Elam adapted. That containment team should have jumped at my offer.
2: What is a containment team?
6: Rare, thank goodness, or we'd be dead. Those scrubjacks at the Marigold were an ordinary recon unit tasked with containment, not the real thing.
2: You expected them to let you go?
6: Before I realized warware was in play, yes. Most scrubjacks aren't so bad.
2: (laughs) Is that a compliment?
6: But they all employ containment teams to secure tech they see as a global threat.
2: Warware is a global threat? <sighs>
6: mm-hmm. Scrubjacks roam the wastes, harvesting nanotech, reverse engineering the tech, dreaming of fixing the sky, finishing the terraforming.
2: Doesn't sound so bad.
6: It's a lovely delusion.
2: How's that delusional?
6: Because you can't always fix what you've broken, Lucan.
2: What's wrong with trying?
6: All too often, that does more harm. Sometimes we just have to live with the consequences of our actions. Are you hungry?
2: If I say yes, are you going to ask if I brought any food?
6: <laughs> no. Then yes. Do you know how
2: to cook? Ha! <laughs> no.
6: Well, give the homesteaders that. Nobody eats better. Well, I can offer you rat pox, or I have. Goodness. What? Your old scrubjack friends. They're closing in.
0: This show, wow, the hits just keep on coming. so into it. Be sure to come back and join me again for episode five as the danger amps up and Lucan has choices to make. Until next time. You're
1: listening to Marigold Breach, starring Jamila Jamil and Manny Jacinto. Marigold Breach is a Realm original production. Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Marigold Breach is a Realm original production Created and written by Joel Dane Produced by Diana M. Foe Fred Greenhalgh And Haley Wagreich Directed by Fred Greenhalgh Executive produced by Molly Barton And Marcy Wiseman Executive producers Jamila Jamil And Manny Jacinto Starring Jamila Jamil as Ven Manny Jacinto as Lucan Zara Fazal as Hester Stephanie Sheh as Tribune Munka. Amin El-Gamal as Sadia, Tiana Camacho as Izzy, Malik Berger as Aliciava, Rupert Degas as documentarian, Soldier, and Scrubjacks, Nikki Endress as Odile and Gigi Keen, and Mary Westbrook as Commander Bonavent. Additional voices by the cast. Directed by Fred Greenhalgh. Audio editing, sound design, and mixing by Rory O'Shea. Original score and composition by Arun Groman. Cover art by Kendall Thomas Executive in charge for Realm, Mary Asadolahi Find more shows like Marigold Breach by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm Epic is produced by Mary Asadolahi and Haley Wagreich Associate produced by Nicole Kreuter and Alexis Latshaw Executive produced by Molly Barton and Marcy Wiseman Hosted by Faith McQuinn Audio editing and original theme by Sam Bagala. Cover art by Kendall Thomas. Find more shows like Epic by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm.